0: Dollars and Cents with HAPO Community Credit Union helps empower our listeners to achieve financial success while living for today and planning for tomorrow. This podcast focuses on financial education, community support, fraud prevention, real-life stories of financial transformation, and much more. HAPO Community Credit Union serves Washington and Oregon with over 18 locations. Bank on more when you bank with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dollars and Cents, HAPO Community Credit Union's financial literacy podcast. Today in the studio, I have Scott Mitchell with me. He is the chief financial officer here at HAPO Community Credit Union. We're going to talk today a little bit about the difference between banks and credit unions. They serve generally the same purpose out there, but in a very different way. And we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, financial world and the landscape out there today with some interesting topics that are out in the news. Scott, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for, thanks for for having me. Yeah. Uh, so we figured that you would be the perfect person to bring in today to talk about uh, a lot of what's going on out in the world uh, with some of the runs on the banks. That term we probably heard a number of people uh, out there use uh, what exactly that means. But let's start with some basics. What is the difference between banks and credit unions?
1: Okay, so the biggest difference is we have we have stakeholders and the banks have shareholders. So our members are our stakeholders. Banks have shareholders that put their money in and and have stock. Uh, we're much different. Our members uh, own our credit union, so we're member owned, where banks are are bank owned by the by the customer who owns the stock. So there's a big difference there in in, in who owns the bank and who owns the credit union.
0: And a lot of that probably comes down to uh, Profit models, like with a bank having shareholders, they're probably more looking out for the shareholders' best interest. Whereas a uh, member-owned uh, credit union is really looking out for the membership's best interest.
1: Yeah, th- that's true. But but mostly we put our member value, you know, back to, back to our members through our profits back to our members, you know, through through lower loan rates, higher deposit rates, a lot less fees, you know, and we're just really entrenched in the communities we serve.
0: And how do we go about determining those interest rates and, and fees and such, comparatively speaking, to, say, how a bank would?
1: So we're a business, right? So we, we actually have to make a profit by by statute. You want us, Our members want us to be well capitalized. We want to have a reserve of capital from the money we make in case there's hard times, which there certainly is in all businesses. Whether it's rising interest rates, or or whether it's credit default, or whether it's just a, a widespread economic downturn, right? So we need to weather that storm and have capital set aside to do so. So we we do make we do make money. We put that money aside, but we also put that money, a lot of money, we make back. Like I said earlier, back to our members through a lot of member value and and loan and deposit rates and. And as you can drive around the community, we're you know we're we're deeply entrenched in the communities we serve, and we do that by giving back not only dollars, but but a lot of our our time of our of our great employees are put back in the community, you know, serving and, and volunteering and, and doing all the good stuff we do in, in, in the communities.
0: What do we have going on in the news now? That is obviously the main topic out there that most of the financial world is looking at.
1: Yeah. So these, the, what you hear, a run on deposits. That's truly where depositors, whether it's a customer at a bank or a member at a credit union, right? A large many of them come in and want their deposits all at one time. You know, we a bank or a credit union, we all have a certain amount of deposits, cash on on site, but it's certainly not uh, enough. To, to cover all membership or all, all customers coming in and wanting their deposits at one time.
0: And that's because most of the money that is being uh, stored or, or deposited at the banks is out earning more money, correct? That is
1: correct. And in today's world, you know, money's electronic, right? And that's electronic for us. We have account at the, at the Federal Reserve Bank much like many banks and credit unions do. And that, that dollar amount at, at, that's sitting at the Federal Reserve Bank is, is a lot of money, but we, that money's earning interest as it sits there, where it, the money that's sitting in our branches and our vaults, it's not earning any interest, right? So- so we, we really try to manage our cash at our branches to certain levels. But with that said, we just go tap on the Federal Reserve if we need more money, and they they send you know an armored an armored car and, <laughs> and de- deliver the cash to our branches. So that's that's not necessarily the issue. The the issue that what's going on in the news is a, is, is a great many customers and mostly businesses, not individuals. And I think that's an important distinction. A credit union is mostly made up of individuals. We do we do bank. Uh, uh, businesses, and we, and we do a really good job at it. But, uh, but for a large degree, credit unions as a whole serve individuals. And so uh, uh, individuals don't necessarily have the, the personal balance sheet, the personal savings account that a business does. Whereas in, in Silicon Valley Bank, I mean, there's, there was businesses with nearly a billion dollars in that bank individually.
0: And they, as a bank, were developed and mostly catered to startup businesses and technical businesses, if I'm not mistaken.
1: They did. I think they're based out of Santa Clara, so that's in the hub of of the tech world and and startup companies. And and I know one that's been in the press is Roku, and you can see that often on your TV. And, you know, it's it's a mechanism by which to watch programs. Roku had nearly $500 million singly in Silicon Valley Bank. And you know, and and it's not shame on them, it just goes to like anything else in, in life, a diversification uh, of 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 everything good. They had a single concentration, all their savings was in Silicon Valley Bank. They're likely going to be protected now uh, even though that's uninsured far past the limit by the federal government, which ultimately isn't a bad thing. But again, that's a business not an individual. Mm-hmm. Individuals are completely different. You know, they had a large percentage. So they, as in Silicon Valley, had a large percentage of their deposits uninsured. I think over 93%. HAPO Community Credit unions less than 7%. I think the average credit union is less than 10%. The average bank's about 30%. So
0: they were very much uh, large deposited yeah. accounts uh, and and very much over the top of the insurance. Now, for the banks, yeah. if I remember correctly, it's FDIC that's insuring those banks. For credit unions, it's actually a different organization, yeah.
1: correct? It's a different organization called the NCUA, the National Credit Union Association, which which basically is a self-insurance of all the credit unions. We pay into the NCUA. It's a pool of money that we, we, we basically self-insure. Ourselves, uh, the the it mirrors the FDIC through the banking from from the dollar amount two hundred fifty thousand dollars for an individual another two hundred fifty thousand if you have a joint account and then if you have certain types of account like an IRA or a trust it's another two hundred fifty and another two hundred fifty beyond that for those two examples but yeah the, the mechanism is is to protect uh, you know insured deposits. Anything beyond that is, is technically uninsured. But if you have your money in an investment account, you know, in a stock market uh, through, you know, the many great uh, big, big companies that that money's not insured either.
0: Yeah. And of course, playing the stock market, they refer to it as that because it is gambling to a point, though it's, you know, better odds than Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, yes, it is. So you mentioned the number 250,000 and how that works out. Uh, Does that hark back to the diversification that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, Yeah, it, it, it does. And you know, for us, for us at HAPO and many, many other great credit unions, you know, we, we diversify our, our risk through a a great many members, right? We have over 200,000 members at HAPO. Each member has a certain amount of money. Some could be a dollar and some could be in the millions. And that, that risk though is spread out between a a lot of people where these banks like Signature Bank uh, back in New York or First Republic Banks out of San Francisco, that's in a bunch of trouble right now or Silicon Valley Bank, They have just a a high concentration of dollars to very few people. And those few people mostly were
0: businesses. So if one of those businesses wants to come and decide to liquidate their accounts, withdraw a bunch of that money, that's going to go against all that capitalization that you talked about in that bank, which means that they're going to have to come up with all of those dollars to give back to that particular individual or in this particular case company which is going to put a big strain on that business the and by the business i mean that bank yeah. p- p-
1: yes partly the answer to that is partly from the capital the amount of money they made and then partly from what's called liquidity and liquidity is the uh, the the access to sources of of funds so the the basic premise of any financial institution what is member or customer walks the door, members on credit unions, customers on banks walk in the door, deposit dollars that bank or credit union takes those deposit dollars and either makes a loan or an investment. And the difference between the interest rate on the loan or, or the, or the uh, rate on the investment and the dividend paid on the, on the deposit is a spread. That spread is the money you make to pay the bills. Plus put some in reserve at HAPO every dollar, that, uh, that we put out in, on a, on the asset side of the balance sheet. An asset is either a loan or an investment. Every dollar we put out is in a loan. We believe, as a credit union, it's our mission to take our deposit dollars of our members and redeploy it out in loans to other members.
0: Which goes back to the credit union philosophy. Uh, just last uh, episode, we were talking with Dolores about this, and we got into the topic of credit union philosophy being people helping people. And that's a whole uh, historical reference of how credit unions came to be, where it was, hey, this individual in our community needs to get something done, let's pool our resources as a group to help them get that done, then later they're going to come back and do the same for the rest of us. So creating a community network that can help financially in a situation where an individual wouldn't be able to do it on their own.
1: Absolutely. And that model is unique to a credit union, mostly. But, you know, community banks, smaller community banks, much smaller than Silicon Valley Bank. We have a great community bank here, Community First. Uh, they also have a, a mission. That Their mission, though, is to take that money and help other small businesses, right? We, we want to help the individual member or the individual person in our community.
0: So given these conversations, obviously we can see that other financial institutions aren't creating the same type of risk that we're hearing about from, say, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, what exactly, who is at risk out there and who is not?
1: You know, there's always risk. Risk is embedded in everything we do in the financial institution, uh, at financial institutions. The, the, the real question is how much risk and then, and then what's your risk management Procedures or risk management policies in order to to minimize or mitigate what risk you have. Right at Hapo, our risk is mitigated by the diversification of of the types of loans we do. You know, we do we do a bunch of consumer loans, we do auto loans, we do visa loans, we do signature loans, we do a whole bunch of those loans, which are to our members. And when I say a whole bunch, I mean, it could be $50 million a month uh, of those loans. So it's a, it's a big dollar amount of, that fills in a need in the community, right? But we also do home loans to get people into good homes, and we also do commercial loans, right? So our diversification of those assets are throughout uh, all of our membership, uh, different types. And, and so back to the original point of diversification in anything, whether it's business or life, right? It's just a good thing to
0: diversify and, and that and that overlays risks across different areas. Which means, generally speaking, if some risk does come through and and that option fails you, it doesn't take out everything that you've got. You might take a little bit of a hit because of some one bad choice, but it's not going to sink you completely financially.
1: Exactly. We call that you don't have a single point of failure and it doesn't become systematic across the widespread enterprise. I was going to say,
0: and that was one of the other things you mentioned, single point of failure, that um, brings to mind to me. One of the statements that I heard in regards to the Silicon Valley Bank was that they did not want this to be the first domino, which was uh, effectively stating they don't want anybody to panic over the fact that this one bank is having an issue and everybody suddenly loses faith in the financial industry, meaning they don't want everybody to go make a run on every one of the banks.
1: Yeah, and and, and there's not enough money in our system. If every depositor in in the United States wanted their... Money out of the system. There's not enough money in the system. Even in the great United States of America, where we print money, uh, and you know, and the dollar controls most of the world economy. That there's not enough money in the system for that, right? Which panic to me, this 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 whole current crisis is created by panic, and it's actually undue panic. Even at Silicon Valley Bank, although they made they took a, the depositors' money, they made long term investments, which was the mis- that was the mistake. You took. Short term cash from your members that, that you didn't have any maturity on, and you made it, it took that money and made long term investments it just it was a mixed mix match of, of assets and liabilities is what it's called.
0: And the risk that they took didn't pay off because they were looking at particular interest rates in the long run and they gambled on it going one way and it did not. is that correct? Partly,
1: but here's the interesting thing if if those investments, a lot of them were out in 10-year treasuries. So the federal government offers uh, treasuries. it was a lot of them were 10 years at the time this was last year when when the longer the term, the better the rate. Which is what you traditionally would think on a yield curve, uh, what it would be. So they they went out and paid their depositors X and tried to go get Y in an investment. The longer the investment, the better the return to make a bigger spread. They did that, and they didn't. They didn't. But their mistake was they did not account for the rapid interest rate rise that's happened since late last summer.
0: So it wasn't just the rates that they were banking on, it was more evolved, more moving parts in the overall uh, economy that that made their decision, while it might not have been a bad one, it might have been too much of one. And especially with, like you said, the rise of the interest rate, that proved to be the downfall of that one particular bank.
1: It was, but if they didn't have to sell those treasuries, meaning if their depositors didn't want their deposit dollars and they did not have to sell, they would have got 3% return on those treasuries for the for the next 10 years and would've been just fine it's just those when they had to get those deposit dollars they had to sell those treasuries they had to sell them at a loss because the current treasury rate is much different than what it was when they when they invested in the treasury. They had to what's called realized loss, and, we, and I can relate that personally to everybody. Everybody sees a four hundred one k statement. You go and it goes up and up and down, and those losses they say they're unrealized losses and gains, unrealized because you're not taking the money out. Yep. So Silicon Valley had to take the money out, realize the losses, and then the, and then that wasn't the, that was the first domino, but not the final domino. The final domino was this rapid. Uh, widespread communication, mostly via social media that that created a panic that caused other big companies that had d- deposit dollars, big deposit dollars in the Silicon Valley to go, oh shoot, well, let's go get our money yep. and do the same thing, which just compounded the problem and just cascaded. I think in a two day period, nearly $50 billion was requested to, to be withdrawn. And there were two, they were a $200 billion bank. So 25% of the deposit in two days were requested to
0: take out. And that, that's going to be a hard thing for any business to, to stand up to is having 25% of that pulled immediately. And of course, social media and whatnot is a wildfire when it comes to it uh, things. We talk about viral videos. We talk about uh, everybody has a soapbox to stand on and, and, and speak. And if you get enough people listening, then whether it's based in truth or not, it can very quickly run rampant out there.
1: You can. I have a I have an eighteen year old daughter and a sixteen year old daughter, so I know that all too well. And you know, there's certainly good and 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 positive power in social media, but the, I, I think Silicon Valley Bank is a is a good example of the bad.
0: Yeah, people getting a little bit panicked, see what's happening, and immediately be like, "Well, I don't want to be on the downside of this," because again, this is a financial situation, which means if those investments if those savings aren't insured, then they're going to be the ones taking that hit from that risk. Correct. So at twenty-five percent, that's the equivalent for a credit union like Hapo, who has two hundred thousand members, saying that they had fifty thousand people walk in to our, our banks and and say, Hey, I need all of my money out.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a that's a that's a really good uh, Analogy to say, you know, is that even is it even feasible or possible? Sure, it's it's possible, but that's a lot of people walking on door saying they want their want their money. And actually, we're finding the opposite to be true. People are, are bringing their money from other places into Hapo as it's a credit union and a community organization. And I think people realize th- uh, through either the media or actually our regulators are promoting it that the safety in a credit union is so much greater because. We we cater to an individual and we diversify the risk throughout all of our memberships. That we're seeing the opposite right now is people are bringing their money to Hapo.
0: So, is there anything else that you want to throw onto this topic, or any random tidbits of information you want to put out there for anybody um, before we go ahead and sign off? I just think lastly, I think just in
1: summary, it's important to note that you know, HAPO is very safe and very sound. We, we have a very conservative posture in what we do, and ultimately, we're in business to, to help our members, right? So we, we take our deposits and we put them out in member loans, and, and we do it really well, and, and we, we, we do a lot of good things in the community, and that comes from uh, our members taking their, bringing their money in and putting in deposits and, and taking out loans. Uh, th- through that money. So I, th- I think our business model is sustainable through time and it's and it's really done well for, uh, for the communities we serve.
0: Excellent. Well, Scott, thank you very much for sitting in with us and bringing some different point of view to all of the news out there and, and a little sanity to a bit of the panic that's going around on social media and whatnot. Uh, thank you all for tuning in once again for Dollars and Cents, HAPO Community Credit Union's Financial Literacy Podcast. Until next time.